the seed is totally dependent on others in this first small parable. This is a continuation of the parable of the sower that comes before these verses in Mark. It's a succinct passage, and it enlightens preachers in many ways and has been preached upon from many directions that I confess to you that there are so many ways to use it and to share it that it's hard to explain. It seems so straightforward, and yet inside it is a deep mystery that we struggle to grasp. The seed is totally dependent on others. It's dependent upon the farmer to plant it. It's dependent upon the earth to nurture it. It's dependent upon the earth to continue to nurture it until it flourishes and grows and flowers and is transformed from a seed into a plant. A plant that will later become a crop that will be harvested for the good of others. And so the mystery goes on, even though it may begin as small as a mustard seed. It will become a great plant on the face of the earth. It doesn't seem possible, and such is the grace of God, working the impossible in the midst of the possible, making things happen that otherwise would be not happening. The kingdom of God is like what? It is so hard to explain what the kingdom of God is like that Jesus spoke in parables that were common to everyday life experiences to the people he moved among. But even then when he said it, he had to take back the disciples and explain the meanings to them. And even when he explained the meanings to them, did they get it? Little by little by little by little. Little by little by little by little. And sometimes they were still perplexed by it when he would take it and break it down for them, even in the presence of a dozen. People think that the kingdom of God is a simple lot, a list of precepts of laws and things you must do and things you must not do. We love to break it down that way and pretend it's a bunch about rules, but it's just not. People love to take the kingdom of God and turn it into something that we work and we achieve and we struggle and strive for. And if we cross enough T's and wear enough lapel pins and attend Sunday school often enough and teach VBS or even for the whole guy, God, become youth and we'll come up on stage to sing with the children that we get extra points in heaven, right? We love to have a point system for being a follower of Christ, but there's just not one. That's what life is like, and it is necessary to life. People have to struggle and work hard in order to enjoy life. Don't get me wrong. That is a part of life. You have to work hard and achieve hard and struggle to accomplish something in this world, and that is our everyday thought, our everyday premise, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's just not the way the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works through the miracle of the gift of grace. The kingdom of God works in the midst of all our busy doing stuff by Christ just trying to come along beside us and to hold our hand. The kingdom of God works by that still small voice of God teaching us individually one by one in moments of enlightenment what he's really like. He doesn't covet our toil or our stress. He covets our presence. He does not condemn us. He chooses us. And when we walk away, he follows us and pursues us just like the 99. This God of mercy and grace 
seeks us to rise above and beyond what the things we do are and to become this kind of person who flowers and blossoms and grows into something mightier than we ever could have been. He desires that we become a person from the inside out, not from the outside in. He wants us to be a person who does good naturally and with a great desire to do so. He doesn't want us to have to say, oh my gosh, I gotta go to church again. We gotta build a stage for BBS. He doesn't want us to be this person who says, I gotta go to the meeting, it'll last too long. They all do. He doesn't want to be the person to say, I gotta go to worship, because you know, if you don't go to worship, you're surely going to hell. You know, he doesn't want us to think like that. He wants us to be the person who says, you know, they're having a VBS. Let's get up and go sing with the kids. I watched you, youth. You were a perfect illustration for my sermon. Thank you. It wasn't planned by me or you, but a couple, three or four of you exuberantly ran to the stage. You didn't know any better, right? Just to join the children in singing. And then a couple of more came in. Then the, oh, my gosh, the rest of you said, okay, we got to go. But you know what? Every one of you planted a seed. The first seed was the first two or three. The next seed was the next four or five. The next seed was when you all came in. Everybody in the congregation is grinning from ear to ear because they love to see you coming. You planted a seed in their hearts of what it's like for the kingdom of God to grow into mushroom, just like that video did. That's what love is like. It spreads. If it's not spreading, then it's not real. It's not a group of precepts and rules that everybody has to live by, but rather it's about relationships, it's about love, it's about drawing near to the Father, and the Father being so near to you that even when he's not there, he is there. It's about the way you remember your parents in your heart, and when you're overcome with memories years and years after they're gone. It's about what they meant to you before you even knew it. It's about how you were blessed in the womb before you were born because you were given Christian parents who loved you and cared for you. It's about how when your parents didn't love you in the ways they could have that someone else did and they, become your, they became your earthly parent in a special way. It's about all those who wish they had parents who never knew them and they didn't, who have been adopted into the family of God and given parents through other adults parenting them. It's about the commitment you have as a congregation to take care of every one of these precious children. If something happens to the parent, it's not someone else's responsibility to take care of them. It's our responsibility. It's our privilege to take care of them. They are ours. And that is the very way that the kingdom of God is. When you go running into the kingdom of God, you run into it with joy because you know you're going to be received there. When I went to see Papa, I never worried about being refused. I always knew what we'd have for lunch. It didn't matter what time of day it was. If Doogie came to see Papa, then the old maids were told, you have potatoes today? If not, get in there and fix them. Doogie's here. Because Papa was going to make Dougie happy. Doogie, he called me in his German name sitting out under that tree in that lawn chair. I knew I was perfectly safe when I walked down that ditch and walked from my house to their house. And as soon as I got there, I knew I would be taken into the arms of my aunts and my uncles 
my grandfather, my grandmother, and treated like I was theirs. The same way I was treated at home. I was blessed beyond measure. There's no words to say what being raised by loving Christian parents means to life. There's no words to say to the younger ones what it means to be confident that you're loved, to know that you matter, to know that when you fail, someone will still love you, someone will still be there to help you, to know that when you mess up, you'll be forgiven, to know that when you struggle, they'll come along beside you. We need to give that gift to every youth and to every child in this congregation. We need to support our parents in doing it. We need to come along beside them. We need to parent those who do not have parents here with them. We need to be their family because that's what we are. There are a lot of people who say, oh, you shouldn't talk about the church as a family. Well, they're just wrong. You know how I love to say that. And so those who say that's a bad analogy for the church, you can't be a family, well, they're just wrong. The church of God is a family, and it has always been so. Scripture is so picture clear in giving us parables like this, but it is dependent upon someone to sow it. The grace of God, this intimacy with Christ Jesus, it doesn't come to us by magic. People have to talk about it in the midst of our busy world. The promise of salvation, that is our hope, is real, but people have to explain it to us over and over and over again. And we need to sit down like a six-year-old child who has a million and one questions, and we need to answer those questions by people who don't know anything about the church except negative things. We need to say it with love and grace and charm. We need to say it with humility, and we need to say it with patience until they can hear it. We don't need to sit and just bemoan the fact that the world is falling away from the church in Christ. We need to talk to each individual person about that. We need to not be afraid. We need to sow the seeds of the kingdom. Because if the seeds are never sown, they can never flourish. What a sad state of affairs it would be if we just gave up. Just turn to the side. We need to remember that VBS and rescuing children is what the mission is all about. It's what fathers and mothers do. It's what the church does. Now, I know it's a little late. We've, we've worshiped well today. We don't need a lot of preaching, so I'm about done. Besides that, I don't really want to preach today. I really just want to kind of sit down and just bemoan the fact that my father's not here, I just want to kind of sit down and feel sorry for myself and at the same time celebrate what a good man he was. It's an emotional, emotional time when those kind of things hit you head on and you deal with them. But I do want to say something to you fathers. You know, you, you fathers live in a world that pulls you in so many directions. You live on time clocks and schedules and day timers and phone calls and phones that never stop ringing. God help us on the phones that never stop ringing. You do business from 9 in the morning till 10 at night, sometimes some of you. And it's not really good for you, and you know that. But you, it is part of your job. It is what you work hard to do. But you've got to remember in the midst of all of that to work hard at carving out moments to look your children in the eyes and to hear their questions. 
so that you can talk to them about the hard things. You know, all the definitions of the words they don't know and they know they're not supposed to know, but they want you to tell them what it means. That's why six-year-olds start asking you. Seven-year-olds. Grandparents are saying, I'm never having another grandchild at my house if they're going to ask me those questions. But I love them to come and ask those questions because I'll answer them a little differently than Sarah or Chad. And it, through it, all of it, they get to know what life is like. And you get to help their little minds to continue to ask questions and to know that they can always be held safely in the hands of those who will answer them to the best of their ability. Fathers, be intimate with your children. And by that I mean look them in the eyes, love them, be loved by them. Hear their questions. Give them those precious moments you have because those are the things that they will remember. Kingdom sowing, the world is waiting for us to, the church, to sow the seeds. And when we stop sowing the seeds of the kingdom, the kingdom will not flourish because God has chosen to work through the kingdom through us, through the church. Oh, God could do it in a million different ways, yes, but God chose this way. So when he sows core groups, he sows them for a reason. When he forms youth groups, he, sow, he sows there for a reason. When we have VBS, it's for a reason. It's to sow the seeds of the kingdom of God. It's so simple when you break it down to that. You're not trying to do all the work at once. You're just satisfied to sow the seeds and to be patient and wait for the harvest. The harvest takes time. Most of you, if you were here last week, know that I'm about to leave on sabbatical. And that's part of sowing seeds. Our church is uh, struggling on a, with many issues today. And we, we have to address many issues ourselves. And so for the next six weeks, two weeks are going to be vacation. But in the month of July, for the most part, in the first few days of August, I'll be working on our future plans. Plans for the church, plans for our ministry Plans on how we should respond as a congregation. Plans on how to present to you the different choices that are yours to make. And I covet your prayers. Uh, while we're gone, uh, Saturday and I will be in town a lot. So if there's a, um, a major occurrence in the church that needs our attention, we'll be here more, more than we're gone, actually, in the month of July. But you won't see me. At least that's the way I plan it. I plan to come back and forth from my library later in the evening when nobody's supposed to be here and, and get the books I need and take them home and work from there. But if there's an emergency, I'll be around. I plan on doing some visiting of other congregations on Sunday, so we'll be taking some trips around the state to do a little visiting of specifically for certain purposes. So as we go there, we covet your prayers. I know Scott had asked us if they could pray for us, and so, of course, we want that. We want you to pray for us that we will hear God's voice and uh, hear God speak, even as you will be listening to Cindy and Lauren and uh, some missionaries who will be speaking in the next few weeks here in our service. Uh, I thank you for the permission to have this leave and to do some study. Aside from that, and Saturday, I'm going to ask if you'll come down to the Chancellor Royal uh, so that we can be prayed for while we're singing the closing song. Cindy, if you will, and Chip will take care of the altar rail as we stand to sing the closing song, and then we'll have this time of prayer 
uh, together. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, we're here to receive you and to accept the fact that you're willing to respond to Christ. If you're here today and you are a Christian but you don't have a church home, we're here and we would love to have you as a part of this family. Let's stand and sing together.